Hello everyone and welcome to the AstroPH Daily Review podcast by Mikhail Lisakov, episode 26. Today is still 2020, December 15th, and today I'm going to talk about a paper that I've read over the weekend and it still puzzles me. So the paper by Anthony Reedhead with co-authors entitled The Relativistic Jet Orientation and Host Galaxy of the Peculiar Blazer PKS 1413 plus 135. Let's read the abstract. PKS 1413 plus 135 is one of the most peculiar blazers known. Its strange properties led to the hypothesis almost four decades ago that it is gravitationally lensed by a mass concentration associated with an intervening galaxy. It exhibits symmetric achromatic variability, a rare form of variability that has been attributed to gravitational millilensing. It has been classified as a BLAC object and is one of the rare objects in this class with a visible counterjet. BLAC objects have jets axis aligned close to the line of sight. It has also been classified as a compact symmetric object, which have jet axis not aligned close to the line of sight. Intensive efforts to understand this blazer have hitherto failed to resolve even the questions of the orientation of the relativistic jet and the host galaxy. Answering these two questions is important as they challenge our understanding of jets in active galactic nuclei and the classification schemes we use to describe them. We show that the jet axis is aligned close to the line of sight and PKS 1413 plus 135 is almost certainly not located in the apparent host galaxy, but is a background object at, in the redshift range 0. 247 to um, 0.5. The intervening spiral galaxy at redshift 0.247 provides a natural host for the putative lens responsible for symmetric achromatic variability and is shown to be a Cipher 2 galaxy. We also show that, as for the radio emission, a multi-zone model is needed to account for the high energy emission. The paper leaves a good impression and amazes with how much data were used, uh, how many different types of analysis were used, how many alternative hypotheses uh, were tested. It is important to note that the paper is written in a very friendly manner to the reader. In each section, the first and the last paragraphs are actually the summary of uh, this section, so it is very easy to skim through the whole paper. For this review, I've selected three uh, points. The jet direction, the double jet question, and uh, the location of the jet at AGN. So, the first question is about the jet direction. We see that uh, the jet is double-sided. So, we see both the jet and the counterjet. Which is usually a strong argument uh, for the large angle between the jet direction and the line of sight. But the authors have investigated variability of um, uh, 1413 plus 135, and with monitoring on centimeter and millimeter wavelength, they have calculated the variability Doppler factor to be around 10, which provides uh, immediately an upper limit on the viewing angle. In this case, it should be less than 7 degrees. So the jet should be pointing towards us, not... Uh, perpendicular to the line of sight, but close to the line of sight. 
This is also supported by strong variability uh, at infrared, x-ray, gamma ray frequencies and also fits well with their band jet model. So the viewing angle is small, the Doppler factor is high. How can we see the counter jet then? And the authors answer this question by assuming that there is some interaction that happens uh, on the counter jet side. So basically the counter jet interacts with the ambient medium, decelerates, and 60% of all its emission uh, is being radiated isotropically. That's why we can see it. It is important to note that at higher frequencies, especially above 15 gigahertz, the jet looks really like other one-sided jets, and the prominent counter jet appears only at lower frequencies. By the way, the velocities of components in the counter jet are lower than in the jet, which is actually expected. And the final question to answer is where the jetted AGN is located. This is an important question because the putative uh, host galaxy, a spiral galaxy, and it is visible edge-on. So the radio jet would inevitably penetrate the disk of this galaxy. But we cannot see any indication of that interaction. No indication of the excess in the infrared emission from this spiral galaxy. And also the lines ratio in this galaxy points towards a radio quiet AGN that could be in this spiral galaxy. And actually it is classified as a Cipher 2 galaxy. To be honest, I'm not very satisfied with the age beta line, which is which seems to me to be a less than two sigma detection. But the other lines are quite robustly um, detected. What I liked about this paper in general is that the authors provide a lot of alternative explanations for different aspects of this uh, really curious and peculiar blazer. And for each of these um, alternative explanations, they consistently prove uh, that it cannot work. So I definitely recommend to take some time and read this paper carefully. And for now, thank you for listening and see you next time.